They may sound nuts, but so did the Wright brothers. Now, here's Flieger and Briggs. Relax. It's just sports with Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into It's Just Sports here on the 12 Ounce Sports Network. Check out everything 12 Ounce Sports has going on over at 12OunceSportsNetwork.com and at 12 Ounce Sports on Twitter. That's 12OZ Sports on the Twitter. And of course, you can follow your boys, AsylumFootball at gmail.com, AsylumFantasySports.com for full, full fledged re airs of the show if you can't find them on 12 ounce or if you just want to check out what we got going there and at asylum football on twitter if you want to interact with your boys you betcha and don't forget zingo tv channel 761 for replays of the show and a whole lot of other good things uh drop us a line asylumfootballgmail.com or it's just sports one two three at gmail.com we've got uh two gmail accounts and um that's when you made it big when you got two oh, Gmail accounts, you betcha, baby. Man. And of you course, betcha. today's show is brought to you on Twelve Ounce Sports by Seat Giant. Use the, tw- the promo code Twelve Ounce Sports. That's Twelve O Z Sports on Seat Giant. Get yourself to a game. Get yourself a tailgate in at a great price over at Seat Giant. So, you betcha, and it's for concerts and everything else too. So check them out. Talk about a dead period in the sports calendar, Rick. I'm not a big NBA fan, but they're on by this week essentially as uh as there are no NBA games till Thursday a little bit of hockey a little bit of college hoops were just starting to see the beginnings of the cap casualties in the in the NFL spring training just getting going it's kind of just all manufactured drama in the sports world right now yeah it, there's a lot of Really, there's a lot of important stuff going on, but it has to do with what we want to talk about. Right. Albeit March Madness, Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. You know, We're just almost it, to a lot of good stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's it. So that, you know, the things are, it, it's taking some shape, though. Albeit college basketball, it doesn't seem to be. No. Louisville getting knocked off over the weekend badly by a very, what you would call, what, mediocre Clemson team. Right. right. And and it just goes on and on. And we, we covered this quite a bit last week on the show. But I don't really know what to make of it. I'm... I tell you what, you know, some of the old reliables are starting to assert themselves. Yeah. Your Dukes, your Kansas. Kansas is looking like the best team in the country. I believe, don't quote me on this, I could look it up, but why do that when I could just yell whatever I want into a microphone? <laughs> sure. I believe Kansas and Baylor have it played this week. I think that's going to tell us a lot. I need to see that. You know, Baylor's rattled off 20-some-odd straight at this point. And they're still, clubbing people. Yeah, still I mean, the number they, one team in the country. I want to see how they match up because Kansas, I've watched them a few times recently. They right now, with even with everything going on there, look like the best team in the country. Of course, Gonzaga, you know, running past everybody by 40. You, we all know what the deal is with Gonzaga. We'll see if they can if they can maintain that level when they play some actual Division One competition a little later in March. I was really impressed twice this week. I watched Maryland play, Rick, and this is a team I was high on in the preseason. Then they, even though they were winning games, they, they weren't very good on the road, and they kind of looked average. But the last month or so, Maryland has looked good. And this isn't Tom Izzo's best Michigan State team, but if you go into Michigan State on national TV and win a basketball game, 
you've got my attention. In Maryland, already a top 10 team, gets that win on Sunday. They've got my that, – that could be somebody who's going to be uh, probably a three seed, depending on how the Big Ten tournament goes, a four seed somewhere in there that could really surprise some people. Well, maybe it won't be a surprise, but I'd be surprised. And you have – Penn State at How number about nine. That one, isn't that, that? I mean, that as is... a pit guy, I don't like talking about it, but that's an impressive job being done out there to have Penn State in the top ten in basketball and football. Yes, in basketball, that's a wow. It, it certainly is, and, and it's quite impressive too. To be honest with you, as a matter of fact, you brought up Maryland. You you look at the uh, what division is that? I can't remember. The, you know the. The East and West, or whatever it yeah, is, whatever they call it, yeah, weird. But you got Maryland at eleven and three in conference, twenty-one and four, and there's Penn State right behind them, ten and four in conference, twenty and five on the year, ranked number nine, and uh, they both rattled off eight straight wins, right? And they're looking good. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to run the table and so forth. Like you said, Michigan State. This is starting to be their time of year. They're at seventeen and nine. They're nine and six in conference. You know they'll be around during the tournament, oh, of course. That, Tom Izzo doesn't even pay attention <laughs> until mid March, is what I've determined. I, I, I agree, but um, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be quite a few teams. I think there's a lot of bubble teams in the Big Ten too. Indiana's right in there. Indiana, Michigan, uh, Illinois. Illinois is good. Illinois is going to be good in a couple of years. Yeah, Purdue. I mean, they're hanging at fourteen and twelve, but they're under five hundred uh, yeah, in they're conference. They're on the wrong side of the bubble there. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to rattle some off. They've lost two straight. You just can't do that this time of year. But um, no, nah, this this could be uh, very interesting for the Big Ten this year. I mean, Rutgers is going to be in there. Iowa's good team. Um, I tell you what, I don't know the Big Twelve. It, it just seems like Kansas, Baylor, um, those seem like such heavyweights. Oh, absolutely. You know, but the rest of the conference yeah. is kind of eh. Yeah, you know. and, and I, it's, th- that's what we'll find out. And that's where, a- as we get into this, that'll be fun. So more on that as we get into conference tournaments and we can really start breaking these things down. Rest assured, the Monday after Selection Sunday, you will endure an hour of us picking our brackets. So prepare for that. Just be ready for it. Love and it. whining and complaining yeah. and then breaking down the first round games, well, I guess first two round games yeah. uh, the the next week. So. I will be in attendance of the East Regional Games in Cleveland this year. That's yes, you what, will. That's what my uh, daughter wanted for Christmas, so I'm very much looking yeah. forward to that. And, and I'm sure Dad was really upset yeah, over Santa that, Yeah, Santa was too. real heartbroken <laughs> having, <laughs> having to provide that. You know what I'm thinking about next year? She's been after me, and I kind of laughed it off. But next year, the Final Fours in Indianapolis, which is the closest it's ever going to get to Western Pennsylvania since they insist on playing these things in a stupid football stadium. And I'm given to understand it's basically an unwatchable experience when you're in person because you're watching a basketball game in a football stadium. Right. But I'm, And it's going to be big bucks. But I'm thinking about doing it. It's kind of one of those bucket list things I'd like to say I did it one time. You ever, you've never done that, have you? No, not NCAA, but, uh, you know, I've been to some of the uh, – been to the Masters. That's still, oh, you've been to the Masters? I used to How be, did I not know that? I don't know. I mean, I used to be a golf course superintendent. You could just show them your card and walk in. And, um, well, it was a different time, wasn't it? No, you, you still, still do can. that? Oh, yeah. Well, during Masters weekend. 
Yes, any yeah. golf superintendent in the country. Yeah, if can you just if show you're up. a member of the Golf Course Superintendent Association of America, no kidding. Yeah, you can go in, and um, you know we we went there a couple of different times. You know, most times you couldn't because it's springtime. You're working or whatever. Right. But yeah, um, I guess that would be your busy time as exactly. well. Exactly. <laughs> but um, no, I mean. Uh, I'd still rather watch it on TV. I mean, it's it's great being there. Yeah. Seeing the place is magnificent. That's, I, that's another bucket that, list item. It, it yeah. could be in January. I just want to go see it one time in right. person. Because I know you really, unless you have something like that, right, you don't have that opportunity. No, Nobody can see it with their right, eyes. Right, exactly. I mean, I think my, you know, give me a luxury box at the Stanley Cup. That, that's what That'd I want, you know. Cool. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I've seen the... Those types of things where you could be local. I've I've never been to a Stanley Cup final game with the Penguins. I've been to Eastern Conference right. final games and other playoff games. I've been to NFL playoff games. I've been to AFC championship games. I don't think I've ever been at a championship game, at least at the highest level. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm a Hoops fan, and she is. I might try it out. It's going to suck, I have no doubt. <laughs> I'm going to pay $700 a seat to watch it on the Jumbotron, I'm certain. But right. I think I'm going to do it one time you know I, I will say another thing that is that can be better in person than um seeing it on tv or listening to it um on a cd or whatever is is a concert where somebody actually sounds as good on our on our cd is in lot right yeah. in you know in person and there's very few people that do, but I remember it was a long time ago, probably almost 30 years ago now. It was in the early 90s. We went to see Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and those guys were as pure live, you know, as they were on a stereo well, system. Th- those and, were before the uh, auto-tune and that type of stuff, days where you had to have musical talent to be a successful well, yeah. musician, <laughs> yeah, exactly. unlike now. Yeah, and I mean it. It was very unique. They came out and they did like a set of songs, the three of them. Then two of them went off. One stayed on, did like three or four songs by himself. Then went off. Another one came on, same thing, and they did all three. Then they all came back out and did them again. I mean, it was it was it was magnificent. I mean, just it's amazing how much talent is in the drug field people, I mean to tell you. Well, well, my bit now is I can't – I've gotten to the age I can't do the big concert. There's nothing more god-awful than a stadium concert. A few years ago, right. I met a friend who lives down in southern Virginia. The middle point was D.C. I met him in D.C. at uh, Dan Snyder's abomination there of a Redskins stadium to see the Guns N' Roses, the first stadium tour where they got back together. And I believe me, I was thrilled to see Guns N' Roses come back. I was drunk as a rat, so that was fun. But what an awful experience at a 90,000-seat football stadium to watch. And even the arena concert, I just said, my new bit, the only way you can get me to go to a concert is when a lot of these older acts, even older, you know, not oldies, not classic rock, but that were prevalent in the 90s when I was mm-hmm. big into it. You see them now touring a lot, playing in actual concert halls. I saw... Well, yeah, that's that's why, yeah, we were, well, like I said, Crosby, Stills, Nash. It was in a small amphitheater yeah. in Raleigh. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, those things were great. You know, in the 70s, and we're way off topic. We that's have to, all right. You know, we'll it is, it's just sports it's just and sports. music. It's not worth talking about. 
even in the 70s, um, Donnie Iris, you know, mm. of course, he's from right around here, right. used to go around a lot of the places he got started. Oh, yeah. And you could get in, I don't know what it was back then, it was five, eight bucks cover charge to get in. He's playing these bars. Yeah. I mean, it was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's right there. Everybody's there just having a good time. That's the kind of concerts that, that are good. Yeah, so those were the last two. I don't even know if you are know who Three Doors Down is. Oh, yeah. My, my wife's yeah. big fan. I liked them. My wife's yeah, I liked fan. them, yeah. And we just dummied across one time after a pit basketball game. Apparently, I didn't even know it existed before that, like a – like a music, like an opera place. I don't even know what would you call that. Just a theater or whatever. Yeah. In in the Oakland neighborhood of Pittsburgh, where right. Pitt is, and they had on the marquee three doors down. Was weird. Let's check that out. It's a room no bigger than this studio. The sound was unbelievable. And then at the Benedum, which is kind of the big one of those in Pittsburgh, saw John Mellencamp there a few mm-hmm. years. The, I'd seen him because that's my wife's favorite artist. So I'd seen him in love Mellencamp amphitheaters. I've seen him in arenas. I've seen him everywhere. But in that, it was a that was a wow. <laughs> It's just the sound quality. There. Same same story. We were down in the, me and a couple other guys went down to the tournament players championship way back late seventies in Jacksonville, Florida. That's when it was still in Ponte Vedra and um, at, at Sawgrass. And we were at, of course, we were drinking and everything, and we're going Not down. Not you, no. And we were going down this one street. You know, and there was like, I don't know, it was like a nightclub converted theater or something yeah, like yeah. that. See a sign out there, live tonight, Steppenwolf. Huh. <laughs> okay. Why, yes, <laughs> yeah, I will. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. All right. Well, sports, yes. Hello, sports. Yes. Let's talk about you. Why not? What do we want to The Astros. Right? I am endlessly fascinated, not necessarily with this sign-stealing thing, but but the reaction, the apology, the reaction to the apology, the reaction to the reaction to the apology. I can't – maybe I'm an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot, but for this, I can't get enough of this junk. In watching Cody, Cody Bellinger just take a haymaker, just an absolute haymaker. You know, they stole the ring from us. Altuve stole an MVP. And then watching Carlos Correa just come back with a left hook right <laughs> at him. We can give him this BS about the – you know, Altuve, it wasn't about a buzzer in his shirt. He had an unfinished tattoo his wife didn't want anybody to see. Yeah. And, and you know, essentially, you know, if you don't know the facts, shut the F up. I, mean, this, this yeah. is, I, I can't get enough of this, Rick. I can't get enough of it. Well, you hit the key word there, this junk, because let's face it, everybody in baseball knows they cheated. Well, they knew going in, and you're hearing more and more exactly. of that Exactly. So – in, in in perspective, yes, they they should be punished. The Astros from from the ownership down through the players as well That's that, that did one. the cheating. Right. Uh, I mean, you make that perfectly clear. Yes, the players should be punished. But on the same token, when there's people in baseball, not on the Astros, oh yeah, you know th- this was this was knowledge. Why didn't somebody say something? Yeah. Why didn't somebody start beating on empty buckets or something? You know, hey, we're not playing, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever the case may be, you know, get out and protest. Yeah. You know, there's many avenues you can take, but nobody said anything. Why? Because they were probably cheating, too, in a different way. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but it, you know what I'm saying? If if you're, you know, if if you're stealing those CDs over there, from me, and I walk in and steal those books from you, 
you're probably not going to run to the cops. Yeah. You know, yeah. saying, yeah, he stole from me. Yeah, the old honor among thieves type thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or you, you could, well, let's delve deeper into this case. Well, right. I don't really well, want right. you to. Let's you just know. leave it. <laughs> leave it. Yeah. Where let's it is. leave well enough alone. Those CDs weren't that good. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the first thought, right? You know, so is it the. Yeah, is it the snitches get stitches thing where we're going to handle this our way and now just that it all came to light after fires brought it up and now everybody's piling on? I don't know how I feel about it. You know, first of all, Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, he's a boob. I mean, it's as simple right. as that. Did you watch that press conference of him where he says emphatically that this sign stealing did not alter the game? And then he was asked another question. It was 51 seconds later to the second. 51 seconds later, he said, I didn't say it didn't affect the game. (laughs) Well, wait, yes, you did. In fact, it was less than a minute ago. (laughs) So so this guy's an idiot and completely, almost seemingly unapologetic about it. Where I'm at with this, I like the drama between the players. Mike Trout took a swipe at him. Everybody's taking cuts. Now it's open season. You know what I mean? Oh, and this thing's far from over. Well, and that's the thing. So the, there was the interview with Rob Manfred over the weekend. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? You know, and he yeah. talked about, because you know the first reaction is going to be, they're within the first three spring training games, whatever the first spring training games where Astros regulars get in a batter too. Somebody's going to hit the ground, and there's going to be a bench-clearing brawl in spring training that early on. You know, and you know this is going to be, this is part of the culture of baseball. This is going to happen to the Astros all year, specifically Carlos Correa. If he's going to go out there now, he's the strong man for all this, right? Yeah. So he's going to end up on his butt. And Manfred's saying, you know, there's going to be a heightened awareness, there's going to be suspensions for players and pitchers who are trying to injure Astros players. And at first blush, it's like, yeah, I hate that stuff. That's a culture I think it's time to go away, that every time somebody, you know, hurts your feelings, you blast a 99-mile fastball in your ear hole. That that needs to go. At the same time, so you did this. I felt aggrieved by it. I don't feel particularly aggrieved because I'm not a fan of anybody they beat. I'm not, you know, they didn't steal a World Series from me. They didn't steal an MVP from me. So I'm looking at this from an outside view. But so I'm upset and I do something. I come in spikes high, I brush you back, I hit you in the ear hole, whatever it is. I'm facing an increased suspension for this because you've warned me. But the guys who did this got immunity and faced no suspension. That's a weird little juxtaposition. And the, and the thing is, too, Rick, a lot of these guys aren't with the Astros any longer. So now that brings other teams into right. this whole vendetta as you put it in a way, and things could start happening between Team X and Team Y. It has nothing to do with the Astros presently, right? but it did. And, you know, Justin Turner took it a step further and basically said, look, look, they don't, they don't believe or they don't deserve a ring, period. Take them away. He says, you know, championships are earned. They didn't earn them. And I don't know. I tend to agree in a way. Yeah. I mean, it's – you know what do you do? I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. Can you give them to the give it to the Nationals? That, that that's... well, the Nationals won it. It's the Dodgers. Oh, excuse me, the Dodgers. Yes, right. This is yeah. why Bellinger, Turner. I'm all for the Dodgers being pissed off. They they got wrong. Oh, they sure. Feel like, no, it's no guarantee they'd have still won that series, but they feel that way, and of course they feel that way. They right. were in that game. 
So, yeah, it's weird because that's the funny thing, too. Right? It's real easy to blast the Astros and this is going to happen and players feel comfortable. From, from the Nationals, you bring them up. Will Harris signed with the Astros this offseason. He was with the Astros or signed with the Nationals this offseason. He was with the Astros that year. And uh, Sean Doolittle apparently is the, you know, I think I'm smarter than everybody else spokesman for the Washington Nationals. And he's out there taking swipes at the Astros. And he asked, well, you got Will, Will Harris on the team. But, well, I talked to him. I've forgiven Will Harris for it. But the rest yeah. of these guys, they all right. got to die. <laughs> you know, it's like, so yeah, I think you see a lot of that amongst teams. I wonder how much of it's fake bluster. I, well, it's, 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 it's a, it's a I weird I don't know. Situation. I mean, you, you saw that. I don't know if you saw the press conference Rob Mann. Manfred, yeah, you know, and try instead of defusing it, all he did basically was reignite it. And for you, you the for our English speaking friends, indeed, for those of you who did not hear or see the quote, you know, Justin Turner again spoke out. He's devaluing the World Series, you know, and this is a the direct quote from Manfred: "The idea of an asterisk or asking for a piece of metal back seems like a futile act." People will always know something was different about the 2017 season. And whether we made that decision right or wrong, we undertook a thorough investigation and had the intestinal fortitude to share the results of the investigation, even when those results were not very pretty. That's that's a Tomlinism right there. I mean, a lot of (laughs) talking but didn't say anything. Well, but in what jumps off the page with that, Rick, is simply the referring to your trophy in your league that you're the commissioner of. Right? Is it what? It, was it a piece of metal? A piece of tin? What? What? What do you say? Whatever it was. A piece of metal. Yeah. So, so I agree with him to a degree. Now, it's nothing a commissioner could say, but but we've talked about this before. Vacating the championship is futile. Everybody's still got the T-shirts. Everybody's still got the rings. Everybody who, who's an Astros fan got to celebrate that night. They, they got to go buy the T-shirt. The players got to go on the three-day bender and have the on-field. Speaking of the Astros, the Nationals, Nationals are knocking their Nationals hats all over hat the place. Just fell off of the wall here in the studio. So all of that. So I always felt like that when they do it. They do it in the NCAA all the time. That's futile. It happened. You remember it as a fan. But, boy, coming from the commissioner and saying that about your trophy, the greatest prize in your sport, that's just a piece of metal. That's just In other words, you get paid a lot of money, you know, chill out. Don't worry about it. Yeah, so – but I get – here's where we're at with it. So that apology is universally agreed that they botched it. Jim Crane was awful. Altuve was insincere. It goes on and on. Everybody agrees it was awful. But they they apologized or what their version of an apology is going to be at this point. What else can they do? I mean, this thing just keeps getting whipped up. What else are they supposed to do? Right. They've essentially, at least in the beginning, acknowledged it happened. We're kind of sorry about it. My bad. What else do you want to do? I think it would have been taken care of if they took the iron fist on everybody right. from the very beginning. These players getting off scot-free is, is ludicrous. That's the problem. Yeah. It, it, it's it, And we talked about this before, you know, with, with the Barry Bonds and the Mark McGuire's and where they took steroids. Well, okay, these guys cheated. Oh, no, it was management. <laughs> uh, you, you know, where where is this double standard where only management was involved in cheating? Right. 
but only players involved in steroid use. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. It's inconsistent, and it's no wonder people are mad at baseball, and I'm raising my hand because I'm one of them. I, for one, can't get enough of it. I hope this goes on forever. I hope we find out another team did something even crazier. This is Because that's the thing, and I honestly wonder, to your point way back at the beginning of this, you know, if everybody knew about it, why did nothing get said until one player right. blew the whistle? Everybody's got some skeletons chattering in their closet right now, and now everybody's getting chesty. This is step one. You know, there's somebody on the Astros who's going to get hit by a pitch who wasn't involved or is going to get punched in, a fa- in the face coming out of a brawl for something he's going to wasn't involved in. He's going to say, oh, yeah, when I played for Club X – Hell, we were doing this. That was way worse. And, and it, on and on it goes. This is going to be never ending. And I, for one, can't wait for it. We'll find out because I, I think this thing is far from being over. Yeah. Yeah. It isn't going to go away anytime soon. All right. Well, let's pivot from that. Let's head to the National Football League. I think the big news over the weekend and today, Miles Garrett met with Lord Goodell. He has been reinstated, but then uh, doubled down on his assertion that <laughs> Mason Rudolph uh, used the N word in that alter, the sparking off that altercation that led to him clubbing him over the head with a helmet. Of course, Mason Rudolph vehemently denies it. Most, depending on your bent on these type of things, either people believe it 100% or it's absolute balderdash. And there seems to be nothing in between. Mike Tomlin coming out to Rudolph's defense even more today. This is what we call a sticky wicket, Rick. This one here. This is crazy to me. Well, I am certainly don't like to prejudge anything obviously but basically all the facts that are to be had have been had there's there's no audio there's no player witnesses from the Steelers nor the Browns right. that can confirm anything that that Rudolph said and, and if you watch that film there's a scrum of guys right by Rudolph, and yeah. he didn't whisper nothing. They were never alone. And no, right. they were never alone. Garrett really never was as close to him as some of the other guys, you know, once it really started. And nobody was whispering. Everybody was yelling and screaming at each other. And, you know, in, in the fit of fit of anger or rage or whatever you want to call it, I mean, you're just like us. You know, we started arguing about something. We naturally get louder. Yeah. We're not sitting here going like this, Rick. Yeah. You know, watch and, this. I'm going to hurt Rick's feelings. Yeah. Hey, come here. Yeah, I just don't buy it. And you know, you look at Garrett's past. He seems like a nice guy away from the football right. field, yeah. but he's had plenty of issues on the field. Yeah, that's true. And it just doesn't add up to me. And I think he, like you said, right at the beginning of the story, he's reinstated. Let it go. I mean, you're lucky you're still in football. Well, you know, and that's what makes me curious about this thing. Because it hasn't made any sense. And maybe it's just, uh, I, I don't even know what, here's what ha- hasn't made sense to me. So, you know, the minutes after the game, you know, when he should have been at his most upset, at his hottest, you know, you, you remember he essentially right. said, look, that was way out of line. I make no excuse for my action. That was, I crossed the line, and I accept whatever they do to me at this point. 
And then several days later, this, that comes out. And, and that gets shuffled out. Nothing really happens. But, but he continues to say, I accept full responsibility for my actions. I make no excuse. But there's this. Yeah, right? however. And then, you know, my understanding, I don't think we know for sure, but at least what's being floated out there, it was kind of the same thing in his meeting with Goodell that got him reinstated. Look, I lost my head. You know, I take full responsibility. I make no excuses for it. It was just one of those things. It isn't going to happen again. I'm a changed man. And he goes down, he sits down with Minka Kimes or Mina Kimes, however you say her name. He he reiterates it. I make no excuses for it. But, yeah, he did call me that, and that set me off. So you're either making no excuses for it or this is an excuse. Because here's the thing. If it was true, that's a pretty damn good excuse for whacking somebody in the head right. with a helmet, right? Yeah. It doesn't justify it, I suppose, by the letter of the law and the rules of the game. But if that were true, so don't tell me you're not making an excuse and then give me an excuse. right? You know, what I'm struck by, here's the thing how you're never going to solve this, and this is the problem. You already see it all over social media right now. Is you know They say, well, the league investigated. They found no audio of this. Everybody who wants to believe this says, well, there's audio of it, but the league can't have that getting out. They made it disappear. That's right. been de- that was Cover destroyed. up, yes. That was destroyed that day. You know, and so they... I mean, and not to interrupt you, but this isn't Tom Brady accused of saying this. this is Mason Rudolph. Yeah. If they had audio of it, they could care less if Mason Rudolph stayed in the league. Right, I- exactly. But, you know, they, they the league don't want that smoke. I think I read that tweet today. I'm not 100% certain I know what that means, but I think it means they don't <laughs> want all the nonsense right. kind of around that. And then if they produce audio, let's say they find out, holy cow, you know, Marquise Pouncey had uh, – mic in his helmet or had a yeah right. had a mic in his helmet and we hear the whole thing and mason rudolph never said that those same people are going to say well it was on there the league erased that part they don't want that smoke <laughs> you yeah. know so people who choose to believe it and, and that's my problem with it if mason rudolph did this he should be out of the league it, of course. It, it, it can't happen but you have to be able to prove it and you, and you can't just throw that around and what bothers me and what bothers mike tomlin if you saw his interview with Stephen a smith this morning it was so mike tomlin first of all measured calm oh, exactly. honest to a fault who who said you know and he took a swipe at espn himself that after Garrett did that interview with Kimes and said, then they talked about it as if it had happened and it just wasn't able to be proven. And Tom was basically saying, this is nonsense. If there's no proof, you can't say it did happen, but we can't prove it. It didn't happen. And he said, I was on the field. My players, my his teammates were on the field. Other Browns were on the field. I talked to people in the Browns organization. This was never a thing. The way you're handling this is unacceptable and irresponsible. But this is ESPN now, Rick. They want desperately for this to be true. I, I was yeah. listening. I was driving around town yesterday messing around with the serious and i don't know how i ended up on some national show espn radio show and they were talking about this and i paused on it briefly and there's a guy named jonathan hood i I don't know who that is i've heard the name doesn't matter who he is right so they're talking about this and they're having the typical espn conversation of you know how this is an awful thing race relations and sports and in america and everything but this guy jonathan hood i don't know his background i don't know if he's black white green I, i don't know anything about about him but he says he starts his out with it he's real slow and he's real somber and he says you know 
the way I look at it is I choose to believe this happened. And then he went on for 20 minutes on how because he chose to believe it happened, all the fallout that should come from it. Now, what are you talking about? Right. I choose I choose to believe I'm a millionaire. Yeah. Give me a Bentley. What the hell are you talking <laughs> right. about? Yeah. You know, you know, maybe I'm naive. I just have a hard time believing as a guy who grew up playing sports myself, not to this level, but grew up playing sports. You know, kind of coming from a sheltered background, and when you're playing sports and playing on on bigger things, you encounter you know lots of different people, lots of different cultures. Here's a guy who is a Division One athlete in a sport that's primarily African American, through college, through the pros. If a guy had these beliefs, people know about this it. This would have happened long ago. We'd have heard about it. You know what this is all about? I don't want to get political here. I don't even remember why, but apparently people have decided that Mason Rudolph is a Donald Trump fan. I don't know if he said that, if he got caught in a MAGA hat or something, but that's what this is. They've decided he supports Donald Trump, so therefore he's a racist, therefore he said this. <laughs> I think that's it's, all this is. And and it's, you know, social media perverts everything because I you talk about some of the tweets and everything that you've seen. I, I saw a couple of tweets, I think it was, I don't know, a couple of days ago. But one of them said... Miles Garrett swung a piece of plastic. Not what I would consider a gun. Let's move on, folks. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> so if he came out with a knife because it's not a gun, he shouldn't have been suspended? Well, Is that the argument? trying to make it sound like it, it wouldn't have really mattered. It's just a piece of plastic. I mean, not <laughs> a big deal. I mean, okay, yeah, if he hits him in the head and splits his skull open, is it maybe a little different, but he missed? It, it's okay? I, I, it's just... They believe what they want to believe, regardless of yeah, everybody any decided. evidence yeah. or any facts. Um, that's the whole world now, right? Oh, of is. course. And, and I just, you know, I choose to believe, <laughs> as, the, yeah. as Mr. Hood would say, John I choose Hood. to believe that if you're on a team and your brothers that are protecting you on that line... You're not you're not going to disparage them. You're not going to be screaming racial slurs no. around like this is just normal. So, oh, I meant it for this guy. Right. And yeah. No, it doesn't work that no. way, folks. No, believe me. They'd have joined Miles Garrett. Oh, they'd have stomped him, him into, into and, a and It doesn't have to spot. be the, ba- the black players. I, David DeCastro, I like to believe, would have knocked him out cold oh. had he heard Mason no. Rudolph say Yeah, that. Pouncey would have handed Garrett his helmet. Yeah. Here you missed. It's... <laughs> and that's what just and Mike Tomlin put it best. He's you know that this isn't in. He's known Mason Rudolph for how many years now? This isn't in his character. So maybe right. that's what I choose to believe. But here's what I don't have to choose to believe. There's nothing backing this up, and I'm swayed. That's by, the big thing. I'm swayed by the fact that you know at one time or other. You know, as soon as today and Mike Tomlin, obviously Mason Rudolph, which I don't know how much weight that carries in a he said, she said. But DeCastro, Marquise Pouncey, anybody in the Steelers organization has said definitively, I was there, this didn't happen. Miles Garrett's yelling this from the rooftops. Crickets. There's no other Browns players nope. saying, yeah. Even if they say, I didn't hear this, but he mentioned this to me coming off the field, or right. he only reacts when something to this level. Yeah. Now, his coach got fired, but I'm sure some of the people were still around the organization. There was a Nobody's reason the coach got fired, and it wasn't because of that. Right. But 
Well, what I'm saying is there's no coach coming to Miles Garrett. Somebody you think would have said yes. Of course. At least in a fit of anger when we got back to the locker room, he said that this whatever happened. So I don't know. Like I said, if we find out later it's true, whatever be, happens to I'll be the first one yeah. to put a boot in Then Mason I'll Rudolph's say, you know, Rick, I was surprised and, yeah. and, and really wrong about Mason Rudolph, but um, – you know, I, I just don't think that that's going to happen because it just doesn't see. You know, the NFL is not going to cover up something no, like that. No, they I are not. They will not tolerate any of that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, there's no room for that kind of stuff no. in any sport in any organization. Period. Yes. Uh, but um, hey, tell us what you think. You know, asylumfootball at gmail dot com. It's just sports one two three at gmail dot com. This is it's just sports. We're Flieger and yeah. Briggs on the twelve ounce sports network. And yeah, speaking of Mike Tomlin, uh, just real briefly, we hit on his little comments about uh, Antonio Brown. I mean, this is classic Tomlinism. <laughs> I saw this. Um, quoting Mike Tomlin on talking about Antonio Brown, and the question: What you know? I guess considering whether or not Brown would be welcome back to the Steelers and and coach Tomlin you know this is quoting you know I'll say this once a Steeler always a Steeler Tomlin said of Brown the Steelers six round pick in the 2010 draft we had great success over the course of nine plus years with Antonio we're always going to be interested in his growth and development as a man and we'll be open to assisting him in that but we have no current business interest at this time (laughs) in other words thanks but no thanks bub I mean, if you just stopped before that last sentence, you'd walk away thinking, huh, he's thinking about it. He would bring him back. And then he doesn't say, but we don't want that in our organization. We moved on. We have no current business interest. That's yeah. like, I don't care how many. In other re- words, this guy's a cancer in the locker room. We've gotten rid of it, and it ain't coming back. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so Mike Tomlin. All right, let's stick with the Steelers here, Rick. It's getting very Homer-centric here here for us in western Pennsylvania. But but this one always really got Always something happening in, with Pittsburgh well, the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, it's always, the drama always does seem to spin around, there, around that locker room. But former Panther Thomas Davis, did you see his comments on the NFL Network about Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. This is crazy to say, and he essentially quit on the Steelers. He looked around at the way the year started and at the personnel and just decided, apparently based on nothing, Thomas Davis decided there was a better alternative than the surgery that Roethlisberger could have done and played this year and essentially chose not to. Where did this come from? What in the world? I don't know. We've all we've talked for years on – Ben being a drama queen, he will moan and, and Davis groan. said that. And he started it with that. He said, yeah. Ben likes the drama. So when he first started, I thought, all right, now we're about to agree. And then he made a hard laugh. Yeah. <laughs> hard yeah. Laugh. I mean, we know, yeah, he likes to moan and groan. He, he's the, you know, the Pittsburgh version of Roberto yeah, Clemente he's the in football. Clemente, exactly. You know, he's always aching. He's always sore. He can't do this and he'll go out and kill you. Right. But. Yeah, to to call him out like that—that that is, whew, boy, I, I don't even know how to 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 word that. I, I would say dangerous if you're on the Steelers. You could take it there, yeah, yeah, you certainly. Know. Saying I mean, <laughs> that, you know, because he had the surgery, you know, but perhaps Davis is a doctor and I don't know it and is aware of a 
quicker treatment other than the reconstructive elbow surgery. But as we sit here on Monday, well, I guess we're live, so I don't have to do that like I do on podcasts. As we sit here now, he's got a doctor's appointment Thursday to determine if he can begin light rehab at this point. So at no point after the surgery was coming back an option. I just, I, I can't understand. This is weird. What is it? Is it the moaning and groaning? Is it the sexual assault things that happened early in his career? I, I don't mean to minimize that, but you know there was those incidents that that went on. The media, specifically ESPN. Now this wasn't ESPN. This is the NFL Network. But the media really, really seems to dislike Ben Roethlisberger. You know they blamed him for the Antonio Brown thing. Now we're seeing. All right, well maybe that wasn't Ben. They blamed him for Le'Veon Bell. We found that. All right, well maybe that wasn't Ben. What is it about? I don't particularly care. I don't know him personally. There's something about his demeanor that turns people off. You know, i.e mass blocks on Twitter. Do you know we're one of them? Did you look? Oh, yeah. We're yeah, we're them. blocked. I've, I've never, never contacted them, them <laughs> ever. I mean, why would you block us? We have no clue. Don't follow them. Nothing. No, no. Um, I just saw the only reason I find out is somebody said, hey, Ben Roethlisberger blocked me. Are you guys? And sure enough, we were. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, I know. I, don't, you know, I mean, I'm not that him? impressed with them. I don't need to tweet to them. But... Um, yeah, I mean, there are just certain things of that nature, plus some of the the things in his past. People don't forget that. Right. Um, um, I don't like the way people throw terms around like he's a rapist. Right. I, you know, look, he, he's had some sketchy stuff in the past, and I don't know all the details, but to start throwing names out like that. Right, exactly. I, I mean, that's, again, that's dangerous stuff. Um, but no, he's not real popular and I don't know why when it comes to other than he doesn't have a very good demeanor. He does seem smug. Oh, certainly. You know, um, he does seem standoffish, you know, almost like, you know, the minions stay away. And that's a lot of it. I'm sure. You know, Brett Favre, I mean, he was, you know, slapping backs and drinking beer with him and this, that, and the other. But, you know, Ben's not that way. Maybe he doesn't intentionally because of his past. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But, you know, a lot of that he brings on himself. Now, as far as players and so forth coming in on top of him, do they know something we don't know? Or is it just sour grapes? you know, from inside the locker room, that kind of thing. You know, Antonio Brown attacking him right? uh, when he left. And then now all of a sudden he's the greatest thing since sliced bread because he wants a job. Yeah, now he needs a job, right? right? So, yeah, I don't don't know. I'm certainly not privy to everything back behind the stage. I think it's probably a little both, both ways. You know, Ben maybe wants to be a little more private, but he is a little arrogant and standoffish and and it just doesn't you know it starts grating against people like i said i'm just struck by you know the way especially the the espn shows i'm blaming them and they had nothing to do with this one like i said thomas davis is on the nfl network 
But the way, I mean, they laid all of that dysfunction with the Steelers and with Antonio Brown and Levy and all that stuff that happened last offseason, they laid it 100% at the feet of Ben Roethlisberger. We're finding out now. And I was persuaded by some of it, you know what I mean. If, if, you're, a, if you're an Antonio Brown with a huge personality, a Le'Veon Bell with a huge personality and a huge ego, those two, but you put them together and they don't equal the ego of a Ben Roethlisberger. I was persuaded by some of it, but you see how then last season went and think, this wasn't on Roethlisberger whatsoever. Right. You know, it, it is kind of funny. I, I did see this earlier, so I'm stealing this off of Twitter. But maybe this is what – no, this is dumb, but maybe here's what Thomas Davis w- was bitter about. Um, in Ben's four career games against the Panthers and therefore Thomas Davis, a 4-0 record, a 73% completion percentage, 969 yards, nine touchdowns, and no interceptions. <laughs> yeah. there, there may be a little bit of I, – I wouldn't think that would have anything to do with it, <laughs> but uh, it, it just made – but that one was just a stunner out of absolute left field. Look, if he had sat there and said, I don't think he's going to be able to come back. I don't think he'd been that good for the last two years. You know, he couldn't get along with Antonio Brown and the superstars. They're not going to get any good free agents because all of that would be fair. But this? (laughs) this, I know. He quit on his team by having reconstructive elbow surgery. What what now? (laughs) That's all I can say. Uh, What now? That that, that was my answer. The thing that is concerning, though, he had the surgery Right away after he was done, you know, it was like a week or two after he pulled right. out of that game. Yeah, and he still was. hasn't thrown even no. a tennis ball. No, it's supposed to be Thursday. You find yeah, out I, if that stuff can. Start. And, and I mean that that's scary. I don't know the extent of it. I, I don't know if they totally replaced a yeah, well, a tendon or it a was ligament. Close to Tommy John, but it right. wasn't what I something. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. I, I, I'm yeah, I wasn't real sure. It wasn't Tommy John, but it was. Similar in severity, I right, guess. Yeah, but I don't know. It, it, time will tell. Well, I hope it's all right with Kevin Colbert saying they have no interest in bringing in another quarterback because they are comfortable with who they have in the room. Well, oh that yeah, that makes one of us there, Kevin Colbert. Yeah, so, that's yeah, that, yeah. So I, I guess my plan of bringing in Jameis Winston isn't going to happen. Apparently, as a Steeler or anybody, fan. Matt Stafford, somebody, bring you know, Landry Jones back for the love <laughs> of God. You know, so we do all this talking about Mason Rudolph, and I can't get him out of town fast enough, and I stand by that. Take that smoke elsewhere. Right. Well, let's see. Let's getting ready. I mean, we're February, you know, a couple months away still. But uh, you know, Adam Scott took down, uh, you know, the Genesis at uh, Riviera over the weekend. I don't know if you watched any of that. I, I wa- did. I watched some of that more so because because I'm that golf fan. While Tiger was in contention, I didn't have a lot of <laughs> interest yesterday after he decided. Yeah, I'm done shooting under par this week. Well, yeah. I mean, he was done after the first day. Um, yeah, that was horrible. He ended up plus 11 for the tournament, dead last of the cut makers. And um, but Adam Scott, no, he, play, he played well at uh, Riviera. And I'm not sure, I came across this piece by uh, Kyle Porter on, on CBS Sports talking that, you know, a win at Riviera should mean more. You know, it just means more. I, I don't know why. They've been playing at Riviera like for forever. years yeah. and years. They've been playing the, – they played the L.A. Open, I think, way back in the day, you know, 60s and 70s at Riviera. I don't understand why all of a sudden 
You know, the Genesis is supposed to be like the fifth major or something, well, the way he's talking. Because this donkey finally got to go cover it, so now he thinks, <laughs> I'm, I'm, too, Apparently. I'm too nubs to cover the Masters, so this is my major, so it needs more uh, attention. I don't know. Well, he comes up with with this thing. The problem is that great tournaments are only as great as the players that show up and the courses they're on. If only five players showed up for this year's U.S. Open at some random TPC course, it's not still great because it's the U.S. Open. That's not how it works. The U.S. Open is great because everybody shows up for the U.S. Open on a classic venue. They all show up because it's the U.S. Open. Right, exactly. They don't all show up because it's the Genesis. Now, well, I think what he's saying, they all showed up, so it should be a big Yeah, deal. well, they showed up because they like playing Riviera out in the coast, yeah. I'm sure. Well, and here's the problem, right? And this is why it's not a bigger deal. If they played this thing in July or August, it might be a bigger deal. It's the second week of freaking February. Nobody, you know, what east of the Grand Canyons thinking about golf yet unless Tiger Woods is involved. So that's why. It's that early in the calendar. You have it that early because it's in San Diego, because it's beautiful. That's why the players go. There's a big purse, but it's not a big deal because nobody's paying attention because it's the second week of February. The Super Bowl just wrapped up. The Daytona 500 was supposed to happen. It got rained out. College basketball's just getting rolling. The XO. There's a lot of other stuff going on, whereas when the Masters starts, when the U.S. Open, they're only competing with Major League baseball so enough of that it's junk just yeah junk. I, I just didn't i just thought that that was just a weird piece trying to get this um as something more than it is i mean you know riviera has in its own right has hosted um a u.s open and two pga titles so you know it's not like this isn't a great course we know it's a great course right but you know, there's there's other ones. There's you know the the TPC course. There's well, apparently he doesn't care for the TPC. No, apparently courses. not. You know, there's there's Seminole that that does not host tournaments. Um, is is a great golf course. And Beth Page Black, of course, is a great golf course. But if they played the Genesis at it, that doesn't mean it's a major. Right. Yeah. Just because right. it was a U.S. Open. Is that where the Open is this year? No. Isn't I, it at Beth Page? I no, I don't think so. I thought it was. You you cover maybe, and maybe I'll... I'm wrong, but I don't know. This is this is another you know stuck in the now. Wingfoot, Wingfoot, Wingfoot was... this year, and God, I hope they don't grow two feet rough like uh, they normally do it do at Wingfoot. Last time they were there, it looked like hay fields. All Every around. time I've seen it since '74 when. Hale Irwin, I think, shot nine over par or something of that nature, six over, something like that, and one. So, yeah, I mean, I just – make it a nice golf course. We'll I don't start care if they shoot 15 under. Yeah. If, if, if the rough is enough to penalize them yes. where you don't get a good bite on the ball or you have to pitch and lay up or something like that, that's fine. But the greens that do not need to be like pool tables <laughs> where a pitching wedge still rolls off the back. Right. And and they don't need to be burning up, you know, in the middle of a 75-degree day. Throw a little water on yeah. them. Let them hold a shot if it's a good shot. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll start screaming about that a lot more in June, I'm certain. But, yeah, something I always worry about. Sorry, Rick, we got a few minutes left here. XFL, week two in the book. Where are you at on the XFL? Yeah. 
Do you watch any of it? Eh, a little bit. I, I tried. It, I, it's I can't just get a tough. lather buildup. I can't. No, it, it's tough because this is the time of year where the NFL's over. You know, I start, you know, I'm really starting to pick up, you know, paying attention and picking up knowledge in college basketball and the NHL because, right. you know, the March Madness and the playoffs are going to be coming soon. And, you know, I want to be knowledgeable of that. Plus, I just like it a lot better. Right. Because football's over. The NFL is over. Now, they throw a football league in now. Look, I, look, I, you know, they had the Genesis on. They had some college basketball games on. Uh, they had a Penguin game on I watched. So, I, I'm fine. I don't need more yeah. football. I'm, I, I, if, if all we talked about was football, maybe. You know, we could talk about rule changes. We could talk about the three-point play and all this other kind of stuff. But the caliber of play is not still not that good. Yeah. I mean, they've got I – mean, we saw what bad quarterback play can do, what little that I've seen right. in and the that's, XFL. That's exactly it is, what the problem It is, is miserable. Yeah. This could be interesting if these games were played in the 30s and 40s. You might be able to grab my attention. And I am not one of these uh, millennial D-bags that they're trying to form every pro league around now. What do you mean in the 30s and 40s? What are you talking about? The games were played 40, 40, somebody was scoring 40 points, 30 points. These games are all 19 to 16. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean. So I'm not one of these millennials who, where baseball has to be done in an hour and a half and everything has to be a home run. And the NBA, I want to see 160 points scored. And what all these sports are doing, I'm not one of those people. And I don't like every game in the NFL being 45 to 38. I really don't. I, I still like defense. I like a defensive battle. But this being something off the radar, something out of nowhere, watching somebody grind out a 1916 game, you're just not going to catch my attention. And it's less about the defenses playing well. We we talked about this last week. It is the quarterback play being so god awful. It is that, that they can't move the football. That they <laughs> excuse me that they can't score. I watched. I actually flipped over intentionally because the one game I watched a little bit that involved Dallas last week, they kept telling us, look, this is bad. We get you. But Landry Jones, he's going to be the best quarterback in the league, and he's going to be black next week, and you watch. Pretty bad game, wasn't it? so I flipped it over, and he looked like Landry Jones, who played for the Steelers, first of all. And then I found myself thinking, I said, Rick, that's what I call myself at home, is Rick. Rick. You're sitting here breathlessly waiting for Landry Jones to show you what good quarterback play is. We already saw what Landry Jones could do. I flipped it back to the rain delay of the Daytona 500. It was just – there's a place for it. And I'll tell you what, there, there's some bad – look, the, I, I feel like at least the quarterback plays bad. I think most people agree with that, that the play isn't that great. Look, D.C., they still filled up that soccer stadium. Right. In Seattle, they Seattle, had 30,000 yeah. people there. I think there's a place for it. It's going to be a niche, but there's going to be a place for it. I hope it goes well. Maybe as it grows, as it goes on, I can work up something for it, but – I just don't know how the play ever gets better, how you ever get the quarterback play better when they can't find 32 good NFL quarterbacks. Now you got to find eight more. I, I just I, – I don't know. 
I, don't I, I, I hope it survives. I, root, I think there's room for I it. I root for it, and I think that it would be a good place for player development um, to get back to the NFL. They they claim it's not going to be a minor league, but l- let's face it, it is. Yeah. Okay. But I think betting and fantasy will keep it alive. I, yeah, I truly do be because that. there's still interest in – and if it could catch my attention, I would participate in that, and then maybe I would be more interested. And I'll tell you it what, can't grab my attention. This right is now. the time right now. If you're going to bet on the XFL, do it. Just bet I mean, the under. <laughs> I mean, you you look at the, the the Guardian Defender game over the weekend. It was like plus seven. Mm. It was twenty seven nothing. <laughs> I mean, you know, the odds makers are having a rough time because well, they they, know what, they don't know it, who any of these donkeys are either. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, I I root for it, and I, I think it will make it. But am I going to be a really stout fan? Probably not. No. But I may start paying attention. All right, Rick. We got three minutes left. I have to get to this. It is Rick Briggs' dream scenario. Rick Briggs, Valhalla. If you don't know, if you're new to us on the 12 Ounce Sports Network, Rick Briggs is a noted alcoholic. And that so is the, not true. This he story just is right up your alley. Holds noted, this. noted and proud drunk. What am I drinking here? Back. I am drinking decaffeinated coffee because why i am a healthy person with baileys in it i'm certain (laughs) all right rick yeah there's no byline on it so i'll just read this india residents surprised to find beer brandy rum mixture coming out of their kitchen faucets wow residents in an apartment building in india discovered free mixed drinks on tap in their kitchens earlier this week although not the kind anyone would have hoped for a smelly combination of beer, brandy, and rum started coming out of the faucets in Kerala on Monday after a water well became contaminated. The station says 6,000 liters of confiscated alcohol had been seized on court orders and buried in a pit nearby and accidentally seeping into the soil and therefore being pulled from the ground and into the apartment. Rick, it is your dream scenario. Wow. Brandy, beer, and rum. All mixed together. Talk about a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, buddy. I mean, to tell you, that's something else. But uh, I got a couple of facts for you since we have a couple uh, minutes yeah. left. We got a minute. Let's have them. Did you know that octopuses have three hearts? I did not. So do squids. One pumps blood to their whole system, and two are dedicated just to the gills. I'll be darned. Isn't that something? And then there's also supermarket apples. Do you know how old, if you buy... Some supermarket apples. Oh, I don't apples. want to think about this. Do you know how old that they can be? Three weeks. A year. Oh, good God. <laughs> A year. Okay. Um, and did you know, this This is one that I thought was just quite fascinating, sloths can hold their breath longer than a dolphin. <laughs> so, I don't know how long a dolphin can hold their about breath. About 10 minutes. <laughs> and yeah. a sloth can slow their heart rate and hold their breath up to 40 minutes. That's something. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? And one more, and ice ice pops. You know what ice pops yeah, are? Yeah. They were invented by an 11-year-old by accident. Just froze his Kool-Aid, I take it? Basically, it was called soda powder and water outside. It was in 1905. He left it with a little stick in it, and it froze. Now and he's then, a millionaire. And then, well, he, well, he's dead now, but well, he, yeah. he grew up and patented it, and they turned the name into Popsicles because he was a father then, and they started calling them Popsicles. There we go. Always learning something, so 
Did Drop us a line, asylumfootball at gmail.com, or it's just sports123 at gmail.com. And, of course, follow everything over at 12 Ounce Sports Network, 12OunceSportsNetwork.com, at 12OZ Sports on Twitter. And, of course, check out Seat Giant. Use the promo code 12OunceSports. Get yourself to a game. We'll be back next week. More fun, more frivolity. <laughs> I'm out of F, so till next time, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>